0: The 2018 WSLD Hepatitis B Guidance publication has really been incredibly impactful. It's really guided the management of patients in the United States and around the world. But, you know, it's now 2022, and I'm curious, what changes might we anticipate in future iterations of this important roadmap that's been so critical to the care of our patients?
1: Mark, you are, Correct. And that I, the 2018 guidance was, I think, very important, but I think it also, there's been a lot of changes in the ensuing five years uh, plus. And so it's uh, definitely time for some updates, but updates take time. So uh, things are um, certainly underway. Uh, and I think if we look at what's happened in the intervening five years, where are the areas in which there's been additional data forthcoming, and wish there has been greater focus. I would say one has been this concept of gray zone patients, patients who don't neatly fit into the boxes of either needing treatment or not needing treatment based on an ALT level or HBV DNA level. The recognition that that's a fairly significant group of patients, and I think practitioners struggle with how to manage those patients. I think guidance around how to think about those patients and new data that might inform how we think about them is going to be one area. I think another that I've heard discussed a lot is in patients with cirrhosis. Current guidance um, indicates that if you have low level viremia, we should treat. But what about the cirrhotic patient who's undetectable, but we're not, you know, we're not measuring the viral load every week? So maybe they're getting intermittent viremia. Should we think about them differently? And I think there's new data to inform that particular patient group. Um, And then there's also been a lot of uh, publications around withdrawal of nucleoside analog therapy in patients who've been on long-term therapy. I think that remains a very active area of research. There's a lot of controversy about whether you should or shouldn't. So I would envision that that's also going to be an area that needs to to be visited. Within a new guidance. So, I think those would be the sort of top three, but there are probably others as well. As you know, there's a lot of also focus on Delta hepatitis. Um, And so, in the prior guidance, it was included within the hepatitis B guidance. So, I think the question of whether we need a specific guidance for Delta alone, how we think about um, recommendations on Delta, is very likely to be also uh, something we'll see more of uh, in a next iteration of the guidance.
0: Well, great. Now, that's very helpful. It's, it's remarkable because we haven't had new medications in intervening five years, but there has been a lot of advancement in how we think. And I really look forward to those topics that you've discussed. I think in particular, in my practice, I've struggled with the gray zone patients, and uh, those have been relatively prolonged conversations and more guidance along how to have those discussions in a shared decision-making type model would be really welcome. So And then that withdrawal of nucleotide, nucleotide analogs, I must admit in my practice, I've not been really embracing that. And I think it's an area where guidance would be incredibly helpful. So I look forward to uh, the work that, uh, that will be done in the ensuing uh, time to get those documents out.
1: Agreed.